This is Tom here, uh, here with Daniel. And before we get into the main episode today, I wanted to pause and just tell you about the after show. Um, you've probably heard us talk about it before, but we just had an after show conversation at the end of this episode you're about to listen to. And I, Daniel made some great points. It was a phenomenal discussion, um, and I think you would all benefit from it. But the only way to get the after show, and I, I hate to say it, is you've got to go behind the paywall and become an elite patron over at patreon.com slash reason together. We don't often do this like with a commercial at the beginning, but if you've been listening for a while and, and you know the after show exists, uh, it would be good for you to jump on board just my personal recommendation to you. There's no long-term contract or anything like that. There's no contract at all. You could sign up, support at the elite level. Uh, you get a t-shirt out of that uh, and uh, you you get to listen to the after show. And I just thought today's was especially great, though I kind of think I think uh, I think they're all great, but <laughs> today's was especially good. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash reason together select elite level and become a patron over there. And we would be eternally grateful to you. Uh, anyway, did, did you yeah. want to add anything to that? Uh, no, just thanks no. so much for considering it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. On to the main part of the show. You're listening to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm your host, Daniel Fox, here with my great friend, Tom Balsamo. And... Um, Hope you're doing well today. Um, thank you for joining the conversation. Again, let me say right at the outset, we appreciate feedback. And if you've got a thought for us to consider, to reason through, uh, you want to throw a, a topic our way, whether it's something we've talked about, something we've never heard of before, send it our way at reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. How are you this morning, Tom? I'm good. Um, woke up with a screaming headache this morning, Ooh. but it's starting to go away now. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's no fun. But otherwise, none the worse for wear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, as, as we start off, I want to thank our uh, patrons who have uh, gone over to patreon.com uh, slash reason together and have signed up to support this podcast on an episode by episode basis. And I want to thank each and every one of you for your investment and elite patrons, uh, those who have uh, uh, kind of reached the tier of extra bonuses and access to the after show. Thank you for uh, your tremendous investment as well. Um, the way I've got it laid out this morning, I think we may have a, a, a very interesting discussion uh, in the after show, but we'll see kind of how our time um, how our time plays out, okay. but, uh, looks like we've got um, a couple new elite patrons speaking of. We do. Uh, we have Ethan, uh, who has become an elite patron. Um, good to have Ethan on board. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, if Ethan. we haven't already shouted him out on here, uh, here it is. <laughs> so we appreciate <laughs> you, uh, joining up there over at patreon.com slash reason together. And Daniel, uh, not you, Daniel, <laughs> different Daniel, 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 the second, um, the, yes. the other Daniel, uh, has signed up to be an elite patron. And, uh, I don't know if people just, uh, people must just love the t-shirts. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I call them fine, uh, fine men's wear, fine ladies wear, you know, whoever happens to be wearing it, but, uh, yeah, I think right. they, they look neat. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Excellent. It's, it's well, good thank stuff. you guys for joining up yeah, over there. Yeah, Ethan, Daniel II, thank you very much <laughs> for uh, hop, coming on board here. And uh, let's see, can I jump into some feedback we got here? Yeah, go right ahead. Take it away. 
Okay. Uh, Nathan writes in regarding the issue of whether to frequent an establishment such as a casino. We talked about, uh, say, like a casino versus uh, uh, other other options like a truck stop with gambling machines in it or Applebee's, you know, the barish atmosphere or whatever. Um, he said, I was reminded of something I learned in Bible college that has stuck with me. He mentions a speaker uh, who was uh, taught the principle that a Christian's boycott of an establishment company, et cetera, should only extend as far as the entities. Here's the term present. I think it's present dominant association. Um, in other words, what's the dominating association presently? Uh, is it one of sin or otherwise? In other words, you go to a casino, obviously the dominant association uh, is one of vice, he says here, while a gas station, you know, sells gas, <laughs> their dominant association. Right. Uh, Applebee's, you know, largely known for selling food. Um, so uh, that's his take on it. He said, um, it's basically what you guys said, but I wanted to share the term. It is sometimes nice to have those terms. Uh, present, he says, has here present dominate association. I don't know if that's dominant or- Dom- I think it's dominant. Dominating. Dominant. dominant. Yeah. yeah, okay. Present dominant association. So anyway, kind of that term has helped to remember the principle. Yeah, Um, we had somebody write in, um, it might have been Ethan, if I remember right, mm -hmm. um, about, okay, so an example would be like a place that is like a brewery and they have the world's most amazing burger. (laughs) It's the only place you could get it. <clears throat> so you look at a, an example like that, uh, y- yes, the, the present dominant association is that it is a brewery, but it has something that is unique or somehow extravagant or better than you could get somewhere else. Does that change the dynamic? You know, it, 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 I, there's just, it, it is still pretty nuanced. And I'm thinking of a, uh, of a scripture passage here in, is it First Corinthians 8, I want to say. We've referenced it a number of times. Um, and it's just interesting to me, and I, and I, and I have, hate to mention it because I haven't thought through it enough, <laughs> um, you know, but it, it struck me that Paul said, um, if, uh, so if the brother with the weaker conscience sees you sitting at meat in the idol's temple, it doesn't say if, if, if he sees you purchasing meat that had been in the idol's temple. It says if he sees you sitting at meat in the idol's temple. In other words, it's like you went there to eat. I don't know if they somehow served the food there, like you actually ate there instead of sold you the food to take home and prepare and eat. Um, and that is, th- that's very interesting to me uh, because it seems like a pretty close parallel to today that right. a guy could walk into a temple and not say, well, you know what this temple stands for and you know what they do and I'm supporting the cause. He's just going in there to eat. Right. You know, they maybe they got some cheap meat. Uh, if I could if I could twist it a little bit, uh, maybe they got a good burger, you know, and and he goes in there and he says, I'm just buying the burger. I'm, I'm not buying an association. I'm not supporting a cause. I'm just buying a burger, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I can't. I, I'm not going to say that there's an absolute black and white uh, up and down here Yeah. <clears throat> uh, on that uh, as far as, well, yeah. you, you can't go in there because it is a brewery. Now, right, and, right. and that's not to say that I'm being soft on alcohol companies. I despise, uh, I despise the effects of alcohol. Uh, right. But, 
Yeah, there's there, and there's a fine balance too between being one of those Christians who lives their entire life based on how they're going to be seen or perceived. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. every association is a careful deliberation for that Christian, where they have to literally pour their mind into every single thing that they're associated with because someone might perceive it the wrong way. I'm not certain, and this is maybe a different discussion for another time, Mm -hmm. I'm not certain that the Lord really intends for us as Christians to live our life so paralyzed by what others think of us. And Tom, I think that you are... Go ahead, finish I was going to say the balance to that is that testimony does matter to a point. Yes, yes. but I th- And I think you're speaking to a significant swath, maybe, of <clears throat> fundamental Christianity there. Um, there is a burden um, of negotiating um, perceptions, you know, right. with that, like you said, carefully weighing every association. What are people going to think about this? Uh, that's interesting. So maybe we will save that for another discussion. Yeah. And so way back when, now we're on episode 180 something, uh, way back when we actually touched on um, the idea, that meaning of avoid uh, all appearance of evil. Yes. Yeah. The common misuse of evers. Um, one of the points that Ethan made in his feedback was that if essentially, if, let's say, let's say you do go into that gas station mm-hmm. where it's just a gas station, but they happen to sell lottery tickets, right? Um, right. So the, the, the present <laughs> dominant association is not gambling, it's gas, gasoline. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yet the owner, let's say the owner is someone who just loves money. I mean, they've, 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 <laughs> yeah. they've hit it big in the fuel industry. Maybe they've got a chain of gasoline stations where they're just making money hand over fist. They're living an opulent lifestyle because they're just, they love money, right? Um, how is that worse if we go spend our money at a, at a gas station belonging to them? We're essentially effectuating, and this gets into the, the conversation about boycotts and stuff. You know, we're essentially effectuating the owner's love of money. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're in a sense, helping mm-hmm. him with his love of money to mm-hmm. a degree, how is it that we don't see that as being as bad as us walking into a brewery to buy a a burger? You know what I mean? It's like if if you think it's wrong to go into a brewery to buy a burger, um, how do we not think it's wrong to see some owner who has some uh, love of money and yet we're going and we're spending our money there? Wouldn't the right thing to do to be to help them? <laughs> Um, and so on. And I realize there's, there's probably a half a dozen ways to, to look at that question, but Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I guess Ethan's point, and and I don't want to put words in his mouth is essentially saying that, you know, we're not solving every issue here by avoiding the brewery that has a good burger and yet going to the gas station and and spending money there. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think, um, one balancing factor, you know, is on the one hand, I, I don't um, necessarily think that the intent is only ever to patronize Christians, um, right? Meaning that, well, if I'm if if my money is not only buying a product but supporting a cause, well, then I have to have a Christian contractor and shop at a Christian grocery store and a Christian car dealership and whatever. So I don't think that's the other. Uh, you know, that's, that's the intent. But on the other, on the other side of it, 
there are obviously some businesses that um, that uh, what will be their, their product is more harmful to the general public than others. Um, I right. shop at a gas station; they sell gas. We drive cars. Uh, if I shop somewhere else, and they you know they produce uh, you know mind altering substances or pornography or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not that I shop at some place with porn, but I'm you know I'm saying that that just a porn shop. But I'm just saying you well, know. I mean, if oh, you buy a book at Barnes and Nobles, you're Ooh, you're doing okay. that. Okay. So. Well, and that's a good point. You so 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 you got oh Barnes and Noble, I'm buying a book, but then they've got a whole uh, you know, homosexuality section or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, you just and that's that's why I say it leads into the whole boycott conversation. You cannot boycott something sufficiently enough to satisfy a very sensitive conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't do it because everything you spend your money on in one way or another supports something you disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just, it's a fact you can't do it because it could be enough because most likely you're going to be buying from an unsaved person who has habits and lifestyles that you don't care for. And right. of course you're supporting that. So you, as one thing you said, reminded me of a verse in Galatians, um, Galatians six ten. as mm-hmm. we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So I do think there is a case to be made that if you do have the opportunity to patronize a brother in Christ's business to help him, um, that that's a benefit. That's a good thing. Not that you have to, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this word, is, this verse is uh, necessarily prescriptive. It seems more like a recommendation to, you know, especially those of the household of faith. It's not saying exclusively those of the household of faith. Yeah, yeah. And and doing good isn't just patronizing them. Sometimes they're not the best workers. Uh, or they're not the best person for the job. Um, you know, the Christian person versus a secular person, unfortunately, uh, your unsaved guy may actually be uh, better at the job. Um, yeah, sometimes. May, yeah, sometimes. But, um, okay, let's see here. Let me slide that over. Thanks for that uh, that feedback there, Nathan and Ethan. Um Somebody else asks here, Tom, um, I thought this is interesting. What's the main difference between hospitality and entertainment? Do you need a house to be hospitable? Um, it is interesting because in the English rendering of that, you know, it talks about entertaining strangers unawares, right? Um, yeah. maybe that speaks a little bit of that question revolves around the semantics of it. Um, uh, entertainment versus hospitality. Do you see a difference in those two, those two terms and what they, they indicate? I, I do see a difference and I'm kind of struggling to wrap my head around it on the fly here. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of shooting from the hip. Um, but when it comes to hospitality, I think there is a more uh, thoughtful approach mm-hmm. to what someone might need or want. Uh, that you're you're thinking of the situation from their point of view. What do they need and what do they want right now, hmm. and how can I fill that need uh, for them? I can. Where, whereas entertainment oftentimes has a mutual benefit uh-huh. for both the giver and the receiver where let's just have a good time and there it's a maybe a little less thoughtful 
not I'm, again. I'm shooting from the hip. It, yeah, that may not well, be. Can, um, can I 100% interrupt right. you here for a minute? Yeah, go ahead. It sounds right as far as how you're describing hospitality, because it looks to me, and I'm just, I haven't done a, a research on this word, but I'm wondering about kind of the derivation of this English word here. Even hospitality looks very, um, very similar to hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, and a hospital is a place where you go for care and for you know, healing and for things like that. So hospitality seems to me to be a, uh, a nurturing, caring, uh, outreach, if you will, or right. intake, um, to someone where entertainment speaks more to, um, at least in, in our modern usage of, um, something that diverts our attention and amuses yeah. us. So uh, you, you reminded me of that episode we did with uh, Pastor Scott Vander Vanderhart um, okay. when he talked about how he treats missionaries that come mm-hmm. through, uh, and and he's he's a man that has done extensive thinking and interviewing uh, and work to try and understand what it is missionaries or people on deputation or furlough what it is that they need and want when they are traveling and coming through <clears throat> your church. And I think it was a great approach. I forget what episode number it was. You can search for that on our website at reasontogether.fm if you'd like to hear that. But the difference with some, and 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 I'm, I myself have traveled uh, on deputation in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some churches you go to, they entertain you. I'm thinking of one church in particular where it was mm-hmm. a five-day-long missions conference. And Every single day, we were up early in the morning, out doing fun activities with oh, the pastor. I mean, he was like our tour guide for the week. Yeah, he thought he was and, kind of making it enjoyable for you right. and giving you fun and stuff I, to do. Sure, and I appreciate the intention, mm-hmm. but we would get back to the to the place where we were staying, you know, later in the afternoon and evening just tuckered out and we, we, our kids were little at the time and we were just worn out. And now it's time to go over to the church for the night for the, uh, the services and and preach and present ministry and do all this stuff and, and, and keep your kids from, you know, getting lost and, you know, dying somewhere. Um, so was that entertaining? Yes. But I think hospitality is an example of what like Pastor Vanderhart was doing, where he asks missionaries, what is it that you would like to see happen? And how can we how can we do that? Just be honest with us about what missionaries need, and that's what we'll do. Um, that to me is the difference between hospitality and entertainment. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> that's good. Um, the As far as uh, in our English, I'm um, looking up the, uh, I know it's probably... Uh, uh, is it second Tim for first Timothy three, two, um, a bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality. Um, and it's basically, um, the, the original word kind of a compound of, uh, philos, you know, a love, uh, a, a, a brotherly, I guess, as we say love and xenon, which is like a, a stranger, we say xenophobia, uh, so it's like a love of strangers. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Or a love of, and I think strangers might even have the idea of travelers in the day, uh, you know, but so someone, someone who cares for, you know, strangers or travelers, um, it's also seen though in, in Romans 12, 13, uh, distributing to the necessity of the saints. And this isn't not, this is not in a, 
so much in a ministry qualification context, but just in to the saints, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality, uh, same, same root word there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so anyway, so can you, can you love people and be a welcoming person without a house? Sure. Yeah, I would think so. Um, is there, uh, is there a difference between hospitality and entertainment? Uh, yeah, I think there can be certainly in approaches, uh, maybe the motivation, uh, the motivation may be similar, um, but the uh, the thoughtfulness of it, or the um, I, I don't know what the the in, it, it, how informed it is, maybe affects whether it it, right. it it moves from entertainment to hospitality. Right. I'm I'm almost certain there's a word for seeing something from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not introspective. That'd be the opposite. But mm-hmm. you know, th- there needs to be a word for that. And yeah. I think there is. I just can't think of it. Contraspective. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> entertainment, though, yeah, to me, I guess, has the idea almost maybe more of diversion, like to to divert someone, to yeah. take their mind off of something, um, to make them yeah. happy, where the hospitality is the, the idea of to, to welcome, to nurture, to care for. Right. Um, and if you don't have another question you're immediately wanting to jump through, jump to, I have one listed here that might might uh take the rest of the episode okay uh, we don't have to do it now okay unless you want to uh you can jump on something else if you want uh well i had one here but no i'm fine if you want to switch to something else there's just one that i'll kind of introduce right before the after show uh we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to do rock paper scissors for it <laughs> yeah Okay. Right, you ready? You ready? Let's see. So you now ready? you do one, two, three, then throw the one, two, symbol. three, then throw the symbol. We'll just do one. Okay. Not two, not best two out of three. Just whoever wins this one wins it. Ready? Okay. Ready? One, one, two, two three. three. Shoot. Oh, we both went scissors. All right. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Shoot. Ah, oh, you turkey. <laughs> Paper beats rock. Um. All right. So <laughs> I have written down this question here, courtship, dating, or other. And I am not sure that in 180 something episodes that we've ever actually talked at length about what do you do when your kids are getting older and you start actually having to think like in time frames. Not that you never think seriously when your kids are literal about who they're going to marry. Um, I, I, this may sound weird. I've been praying for the wife of my sons for quite some time. Don't know who she is. Don't Mm -hmm. know who they are. Um, but, uh, someday we, we will. And, uh, but as they get older and you start to think about these things, uh, you know, it it becomes a little more serious of a subject, I guess. And someone recently sent me an article. I, I may have forgotten to link that in the question. Um, but someone sent me an article on uh, dating, and uh, I'm going to try my best to, to represent what he described. But he's making a case for traditional dating as opposed to courtship. And now, um, of course, you're going to have to describe your term here. What is traditional yes, dating? Okay. That's okay. exactly what I was getting into next. Is that, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that is why we have this podcast, is because. 
we may be completely different guys with totally different personalities, but the one thing we always yes. had in common when we would talk is, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> and we're that willing was our to connection point to early on. Um, yes. So the, uh, and I'll try to link to the article from in, in the show notes. Um, I forget his name, Thomas, uh, I'm probably going to mess up the last name, Umstad or something like that. I don't know how to say hmm. it. Okay. It seems like Scandinavian or something. I don't know who he is. I don't know what background he's from or what circles he's in, which I prefer not knowing because mm-hmm. it allows me to just evaluate his content yep. based on the content alone. And uh, he made some very good points. So he describes courtship. And again, I'm going from memory here. Uh, effectively, the idea that it involves uh, heavy parental oversight, different, differentiating that from advice, he calls it oversight or administration of a relationship. He calls he calls that courtship. Courtship, yeah. That okay, there's okay. heavy parental involvement. Um, to to begin a courtship relationship, one a man has to be. At the point in his life where he is ready to be married, he has to uh, have marriage in view when he begins this courtship. In other words, you don't do it with a a question mark at the end of the courtship. It's basically uh, marriage is in view here. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm asking for courtship. Uh, And he has to ask the father's permission and so on, essentially like an engagement almost. Mm -hmm. And, And to maybe paraphrase what he's saying is that it, it has a much more serious feel to it mm-hmm. than dating. And dating he describes essentially as um, it, it, it very lighthearted, almost like initiating a friendship, like a one-on-one friendship to see what happens, to see if if there's any sort of like-mindedness with the person if if the families uh, have like mindedness and so on, um, and 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 it's not exclusive, meaning you could go on a date with someone on Saturday, and then uh, next Friday night you could go on a date with someone else because it's very lighthearted. There's no implication. There's no implying in a date that this is anything more serious than just I'd like to see if we're like minded. Um. And he's trying to make the case in his article that, <clears throat> based on some of the research he's done, that courtship hasn't ended well for a large majority of the people that uh, he's he's researched, because it makes things too serious too quick. So you're expecting some <clears throat> 20, 21-year-old guy, whatever, to have all of his spiritual faculties in order enough that he would have to know who he is most likely to marry, who the will of God may be for his life. And he has to know that before the first date, essentially, because courtship is so serious that you're essentially asking for her hand in marriage almost. And you can see evidence of this seriousness in the fact that when a courtship breaks up, it's very awkward afterwards. It's heartrending mm. for many afterwards that the uh, the families oftentimes can't be in the same area, sometimes even in the same church uh, afterwards because the courtship was so serious and then it has to be broken off. So he makes the case that 
uh, courtship accelerates things. It's like putting your foot on the gas pedal, as it were, when it's actually, its intent was to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. But he says courtship is basically like engagement without the ring. Mm-hmm. And that that's just often too fast and too serious for young people. And he gives an example of having interviewed his grandmother, who was uh, dating people back in the 1930s and 40s. And the rule that their parents had for them was, if you're going to go out on a date, the rule is, you got to date somebody else next week. (laughs) You can't date the same person twice, is basically what it was. And she describes a time when everyone was dating in junior high and high school and it was lighthearted. It was friendly. Uh, it was a different person often every week or every other week, which sounds kind of weird. It, it, it sounds by today's standards, almost like, like a woman would be sort of a floozy if she did that by today's standards. <clears throat> uh, but that is the case he makes is that we've essentially changed the definition of dating today. Now, when you look at dating in the modern world, it means people are looking to hook up on the first night. Mm-hmm. That's dating today. But he said it wasn't like that. And the people from her generation, his grandmother's generation, they dated young in high school, they married young, and they stayed married for 50 plus years on average until one of them died. Uh, whereas we're just not seeing that. Um, and he, he cites some, some research that he's done uh, in the article, um, but he's, he's basically troubled by what he's seen with the push for courtship, uh, including things like where uh, young women who come from courtship-minded families essentially never get married. Um, and you end up with these women basically living with their mom and dad uh, well into older years. Uh, not that that's always a bad thing. Okay. I'm not saying every woman who's not married and living with their parents comes from that kind of family, but in some cases, essentially the father being so courtship minded and teaching the girl to be so courtship minded, essentially rules out every good, honest, hardworking Christian young man with character because he wants to come and ask out someone on a date and he doesn't want to accelerate as quickly as the father wants to, because the father's interested in finding someone to court his daughter. Um, So uh, he, he's, he demonstrates a lot of troubling results from courtship uh, in favor of dating. Now I am not really, and that's why I put in the question courtship dating or other, because my personal opinion on it is that courtship may be appropriate for some young people, but I, I it's not a one size fits all. And I mm-hmm. think dating may be appropriate for some young, young people, that approach. Um, but again, it's not one size fits all. And that's why I say other, because it, it might be some combination of those two things, even within the same family. Um, and and he he did a follow up article, and I realize I'm talking, you know, I've been talking for a while now here, but he did a follow up article where he answered people's objections, and that one of the common objections was, "Are you saying parents shouldn't be involved in a Christian young person's uh, relationships?" He was not suggesting that at all. Um, <clears throat> so, and and I thought really the second article was just as good because he answered a lot of the common objections, and I'll link I'll link to that one too in the show notes. So. All that to say, courtship, dating, or other, go. Yeah, there's so much to be said, um, and and sometimes even when you see a deficiency in a certain position, um, 
it's it's a uh, it's problematic to attribute the entirety of that deficiency to one reason. Um, yes. we, might, we might say, oh, they're, they, these girls remain unwed because of courtship. Well, they might remain unwed because of a hyper-controlling father who uses courtship because it kind of plays into his, into his style. Yes. Um, now that being said, um, just as a quick, uh, a quick, uh, background to show you kind of where my answer is going to go with this is when I began to get to know my, uh, who's now my wife, I was like, whatever you want to call it, dating or courtship. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't really right. care about the term. Right. Um, so it really goes back to, um, you know, we kind of lump this specific decision into, uh, we try to lump it into a title. Oh, are, are you are you finding your mate by courtship or by dating? And of course, that yeah. then then okay now now anyway. So, but the question is, uh, as we've asked so many times in the past, or has as people have a million times in the past, um, how do I know the will of God? Well, that goes back to some typical responses. Um, you know, do I um, do I uh, what what Psalm? Um, you know, desire, am I desiring the will of God? Am I seeking wise counsel? Am I being who I ought to be? Am I spirit led? <laughs> you know, a lot of those yeah. things. Um, I think the prime maybe difference would be the involvement specifically of parents. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, I think on both sides, that's very important. <laughs> yes. um, so that my parent, uh, you know, in, in theory, and, and again, this so so much shifts here because we could give the ideal answer like oh oh this this would be ideal and then you turn to you know the 16 year old girl who you know has a single parent family and the single parent is unsaved and has a live-in boyfriend <laughs> you know what i mean you're so you're like okay um it's not the ideal situation already um what are we what are we telling that person to do but yeah. If my parents, if my parents are are spirit led spiritual people, they would likely come to the same conclusion I would. Um, if we're both, yes, 100%. if we're both think, if we're both thinking along the same lines. So the idea, well, you, I don't want my dad to pick out my my partner. Okay, well, I'm not saying that a dad has to pick out the partner. Yeah, but should we really be scared of our dad's opinion? Oh, dad, you, right. you're just so outdated. You don't know. Well, if that's your approach to your dad. <laughs> then I think there's, there's a problem going into it. So on the one hand, if you're, if you're say, you say you're the guy, uh, you should be saying, mom, dad, I, I'm interested in this girl. I think she, I think she could be the one she, uh, here's why I like her. Um, oh, well, wow. That's great. Well, we'd like to meet her, uh, so we could get to know her. And then as they get to know her, they might, he might say, well, what do you, what do you think? What, you know, I, I noticed this, I noticed this. Oh, well, yeah. Have you ever thought about this? Have you noticed that? Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's certain there's a, there's a totally open lines of communication. Yes. The flip side of that is that when he is thinking about a relationship with this girl, I personally think that parental permission is something that ought to be pursued. Now I say, oh, mm -hmm. that makes it awkward. Well, this is somebody's daughter. Right. And, and for me, if I, if, if some kid just comes up and says, uh, Hey, and talks to one of my girls, you know, let's go out. Um, 
Yeah. I don't I can't say that I'm Yeah, I'm and and his article was not denying the involvement of parents and giving permission. I think the main thrust of it was the seriousness of it. If I could put it into one word is he said courtship essentially makes it too serious too fast. Uh-huh. So so again, he's not against a guy saying, you know, can I can I ask your daughter out on a date? You know, um he's not against that. Um He was very clear about that in the follow-up article. I think it's more that essentially what in some circles we've turned courtship into, it it is like engagement without the ring. Mm -hmm. And Um, I can can see uh, what he's saying about the seriousness of courtship, where I would more disagree probably, or I get get a little uh, concerned is on the lightness, quote unquote, of the dating. I think that maybe is, um, and, and maybe I'm, Anyway, I I just think maybe it's a little unrealistic to say, oh, you know, I could go out by myself with a girl and um, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it does. Of course it does, because you're attracted to this girl. The hormones are flowing a little bit. She says, oh, he's singled me out and uh, and he likes me. That's a very powerful thing. And so to just say, I'm going to go out with you and it's going to mean nothing. No, yeah. that's and not that true. Was, that was something. one of my similar criticisms of the article, sort of similar to what you're saying, but maybe a little different in that he tries to suggest rather dogmatically that dating reduces the sexualization of the relationship and courtship increases it quicker. And he didn't really provide any, any evidence of this. It was basically how he sees it, which mm-hmm. he's entitled to his opinion. Right. But I think, I think either one uh, can sexualize things quickly. Uh, it just depends on the young people involved. <laughs> yeah. Or I was going to say either um, one could or could not, you know? Right. It, right. It, 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 yeah. It depends on the people involved yeah. and what their focus is. So I thought he Probably. made a lot of good points, but that one point I think was too strong and too dogmatic really without any uh, evidence for the claim. Here's what we've kind of said in our, in our home um, and, and, and where he, where he kind of, he calls it dating. I say, well, what you could, the way you learn somebody and say, what's their family like? Are we compatible or whatever? Be their friend. Um, yeah, and, and you, you don't, you don't typically go on dates with friends, but you're in, you're, you're in groups, you know, we have, you have your friend group, right? And the five yeah. of us are together. Well, in that group, you're having lots of conversations. You're seeing that person's sense of humor. You're seeing what they're sensitive to. You're yeah. seeing whether they're a whiner. You're seeing whether they're, uh, they primp a lot or whatever. And then you talk about their family and, and you see what yeah. their reaction is so, to mom and dad. There's a lot that you learn in a friend group, but to say, I need to go on a date so I can learn about their family. No, you don't. So, so not to make this overly complicated, but I was recently talking with someone who told me about their Bible college experience. Mm-hmm. And they went to a particular Bible college up in the far north that I will not mention here. <laughs> um, and, and we're like Saskatchewan. <laughs> it, not, yeah, not that far north, but okay. uh, yeah. Um, but but I would not be talking about Bravo Company Manufacturing um, if I referenced a particular acronym. It would not be Bravo Company Manufacturing, oh, um, brother. But uh, I and I have never been there, 
I don't know how true it is, though I'm, I'm just taking this person's word at it. I trust them. <clears throat> but they said that there's no, no dating allowed there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, not at all. There's no dating allowed. But essentially what happens in an environment where you have young people of the same age, both male and female, is that you end up with fairly close, exclusive friendships. Mm-hmm. Right, you just call it something different. You just call it something different. So there's a lot of semantics involved in the mm-hmm. whole conversation of courtship, dating, and exclusive friendships in groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, I realize that what I'm saying partly too is given a certain dynamic. If you if you if you have a young man who is uh, 17 or he is 20 and he has a friend group or he's in college, that's easier to do what I'm saying to have a friend group. If you've got a guy who's 25, he's not married, he's working in the, in the workplace and he's got ladies in the, in the office, you know, that he, he chats with and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he just, you know, he just feels like, yeah, I'm a friend with this lady and we go out for our, our lunch together. Okay. I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to shoot that down and say, you can't go out to lunch with that lady because that's, uh, you know, okay, whatever. But I mean, I would say as, as a, as a healthy habit of young people, um, get to know somebody, uh, in, in the friend culture and not, uh, and, and then, and then when you start to say, you know, I, I, I'm attracted to this girl and I, and, and we, you know, for, I I don't want to use the terms, too much that you know the, the compatibility thing i guess in some ways right. but i mean you say but i, I think I, I think that well we use the christian her. word for it it's like-mindedness <laughs> there you go <laughs> same thing different word yeah but really i mean you start to sense a like-mindedness or a like-heartedness in somebody you say yeah. wow that girl that girl really loves the lord and she yeah. seems to have similar standards to our family and um i like her personality and um whatever whatever oh, okay then, yeah. then you start to watch more closely yeah. until finally you think, I think I'd like to get to know this girl. Uh-huh. And you do pursue it I with the just, intention oh. of marriage, but you don't, you're not going to pursue a girl prior to being ready, uh, ready to marry. Yeah. Now, so you're not going to, and I'm saying, not saying that you ask her dad saying, uh, right. I'm ready to marry. And I think your girl might be the one, but to say, I'm not going to start pursuing girls because it makes me feel good and because I like to belong yeah. to somebody. Right. So what you're saying is, so, to, and again, th- there's semantics involved in here as well, because in the article, he talks about dating and I'm, I'm using the word lighthearted. Okay. I forget if that was his phrase or not. That's what mm-hmm. I'm using. Mm-hmm. Lighthearted. But that does not mean unserious. Mm-hmm. You can do something in a lighthearted way without it being unserious. And that's what I think dating should be. If you're going to go out on dates as a young person, keep it lighthearted, but don't be unserious about it. It is still a serious thing that you are doing. Right. right. But but that doesn't mean it, you know, you have to put your foot on the gas pedal and say, okay, I've 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 asked her father now. Now I can go out on a date with her, and this is all gonna end in marriage, most likely. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this because you know, dating is for people who don't have marriage in view. Not true. Um <laughs> and uh, uh you know, keep it lighthearted, but don't be unserious about it. Yeah, I just think that I mean he can cite his grandma and whatever. I mean, you know, glad that worked out for her, but yeah. Just saying the idea that you have to date multiple people 
uh, in order to find the right one. I'm like, what? No, no. You can you yeah. can have a pretty good idea by the time you start getting serious with somebody that that very this point. very well could be the one. Um, I don't. Very good point. And that's what. Uh, so we had a long conversation about this article with our sons because they're teenage boys, um, and you know I kind of talked it over with them and with my wife, and we just had a family conversation about it. And that was another thing that he really didn't say in his article is that as a Christian young person, if you've had a solid upbringing. Uh, if you've been taught in the ways of the Lord and you are a spirit-filled young person, you don't really have to date 20 people in a youth group to know who's right and who's not. If you've been trained in the ways of identifying the strange woman, Mm -hmm. you can identify her behavior from across the room. And you can immediately walk in and say, nope, 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 nope. You know what I mean? And it doesn't sure. take long to narrow it down. And by the way, I, my personal opinion with the way that, that, you know, the generations have been going, it's easier now, perhaps more than ever to <laughs> identify the nopes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, uh, yeah, I agree with you. If, if, if you've been, if, if you've been taught wisdom as a young person, it you shouldn't have to go date around, you know, 20 people no. or a different person every week. You can narrow it down pretty quickly as to who would even be a viable candidate for, for marriage. Um, and, and again, you know, is marriage in view? Yeah, maybe, but maybe not when it comes to a date. And I think that's, that's the mentality that I think we need to go into it with is to take away the, the seriousness uh, in a sense of courtship is to say, well, maybe this won't work out. If I go out on this date with this girl, maybe this isn't who I thought it was. Right? Yeah. And I'm, and I may be misreading you a little bit, but I would disagree with the statement when we say is marriage in view, maybe not, I would say, well, yeah, it's always in view. I mean, well, if that's, I think, uh, I think you misunderstood me. Yeah. I, I was wondering, cause yeah. I, you, you're saying is it may not work out in this situation. That's what I meant. It may right. not work out, but yeah, marriage is always in view because we don't believe in hookup culture. Yeah. Like, right? like why would, why would I be drawing close to this, this woman if I didn't think, you know I mean? What relationship yeah. would I expect well, outside where, where of this, merit? Where would this go? Right. Where so, would it end up? Sure. Right. Um, so yeah. uh, we, I'm sure there's much more to be said, and somebody we've yeah. we've stirred up the thought of uh, yeah. listeners, and they want well, to share something you said earlier. Kind of, kind kind of, well, it's a can of worms, but <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you know, if you have a a son who is growing older and getting to that age where he might potentially consider a life's mate. Does she have to have identical standards to your family? Cause you had mentioned the idea of having the same standards, you know, that's going to be hard to find someone who has identical standards to your family. What if she doesn't, is she still a viable candidate for marrying your child or is the deal off from the outset, but we are out of time to have that conversation. <laughs> poke, 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 poke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may have to. I don't know that you had something planned already for the after show, so we might have to circle back around. Oh no, I yeah, we point. might do that next time. Yeah, if, you, if we need to continue this. 
Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, we appreciate you listeners joining us for this episode. Thank you to you patrons for supporting us and uh, helping us pay our editors and our uh, internet stuff and taking care of all of that. We appreciate you very much. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are encouraging balanced, developing perspective and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. <laughs>